Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the latest post-game head of the pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. Bill's back in Wisconsin. I am here at the latest scene of the crime, the crime being the Washington Commanders' dismantling of the Green Bay Packers 23-21 here in Landover, Maryland. The Packers fall to 3-4, and four, uh, lost three straight games after not losing two in a row in the same regular season in the first three years under three-plus years under Matt LaFleur with a trip to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football up next week. I don't really know where to begin with this one. I've run out of words to describe how bad this offense is. The defense falls apart late in games. Special teams is disintegrating. You know, Bill, one of the things that stuck out to me among a couple from postgame is Matt LaFleur saying, we'll find out what kind of team we have in the next couple days. They don't need any more time to, to know what kind of team they have. They're not a good football team. They're a bad football team through seven games. They shouldn't need any more time to find that out. Yeah, kudos to you, Matt, for pointing that out to him, too. I mean, you called you called bullshit on that, right? We've heard it for two weeks. You you called him out on it. So good for you. It's, it's nonsense. Um, um, all, all they have can right now hear, is hope. Can you, can, you hear the, can you hear the vacuum in the background here in the press box? No. Okay, excellent. Go ahead. Continue. All right. Is that cleaning up the mess of the Packers? Uh, I mean, he is vacuuming up some garbage. <laughs> oh, is that the Packers' offense I see over there? Yeah, there goes another. No, that's just another. There goes another. That's pass just another flat for minus trash. five. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They've got nothing but hope, Matt. Right? Rodgers was asked about by by Pete Doherty about it. And, you know, he mentioned 2016 and how they ran the table and all that, and how whether that was plausible. And Rodgers said, "Sure," or "You're goddamn right, it is." Is what. Rodgers' official words were, but that's all they have is hope. They've got nothing on offense. The, the running game's terrible. They have no trust in the offensive line to actually try to pass the ball down the field. At one point in the first half, they faced, I might get the exact numbers wrong here. They faced first and 20, second and 25, and first and 19, I think. Well, good luck with that. Um, the defense is okay in every first half and goes to hell in the second half, and the special team's gone the wrong way. They've got nothing, Matt. I have no idea how they fix it. I don't think you get Bakhtiari back, and maybe you trust your line to hold up some. But, man, oh, man, what a mess for a team that everybody thought was a championship contender, including myself, a month ago. Funny thing is they're not that far out of the playoff picture since the <laughs> no, NFC is so bad. But for all intents and purposes, look, I don't know if Rodgers believes what he what he said when he said, you're goddamn right. He thinks playoffs are still plausible. I don't know if he believes what he said when he said he's not worried about the team and maybe this is the best thing for them because they go to Buffalo heavy underdogs with no expectations and maybe it's a chance for them to shock everybody. Maybe the expectations have, have been weighing on them. I don't know. But 
listen, he has to say that. He can't say, yeah, I'm worried because he's the leader. He's talked the last couple of weeks about conveying the proper message to the locker room. So if he stands up there and says, yeah, I'm worried, I'm panicking, what does that say to everyone else? The reality is this team is nowhere near a playoff team. I understand, you know, technically they are, but, you know, it, it, it shows, it, it's telling that when Rodgers said, what gives you belief that you can turn it around? He goes, well, we draw on what we've done in the past. And I followed up with him. I said, you mean the past, like this season in the past? And he said, no, past seasons. But past seasons are when they had Devontae Adams, a healthy David Bakhtiari, guys who could tackle. They have nothing from the first seven games this year to draw on that provide any glimmer of optimism that they can turn it around, which is why I don't know if they can. Sure, they could prove me wrong. They could go and shock Buffalo. They could turn it around. They could finish 10-7 and seven and may squeeze into the playoffs and go on a run like they did their Super Bowl year. But it is not wrong, I don't think, to say they are engulfed in a dumpster fire. We've talked about how this was supposed to be the easy part of their schedule. And now they have the Bills, the Titans, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Vikings in their next, you know, 10 games. That could be six losses right there. This could very well be a losing football team this year. And look, I want to get your opinion on this. One receiver isn't going to change this team. It's not going to make them better on offense. Maybe a little, but not much. The Green Bay Packers won't sell. But doesn't this team look like a, a team that should be sellers rather than buyers at the deadline? Yeah, Matt. You know, there's a bunch of questions I know when we wrote the call for, for the fan questions about about the trade deadline. You hate to put up the white flag of surrender, but what's but like you said, what's what's one receiver going to do? There there aren't, you know, it's not like Matt. There's going to be four or five difference making guys out there. There's not, you know, Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh, um, might be available. And he's pretty good, but it's pretty good going to do anything for you. You know, it's not like Devont Devonte Adams 2.0 is going to come rolling through the door via trade. That guy's not out there, so I don't. I don't know. They 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 look like they should sell. I don't think they will either because that's would be quite the admission by the GM that he went all in this year and he's gonna blow it up after seven or eight games. But you're right. What can they possibly add to this team that's gonna actually provide a real jolt? Because they, they don't need just a guy. They don't need average Joe average starter. They need a guy who moves the needle. And that just I just don't see it out there. What are you doing? If, yeah. if you're Goody, what are you doing? Listen, in past years, we could sit here and say, oh, they're one receiver away or they're one this away. But they're more than that. And they need to get their own stuff fixed. Yankees up one nothing. They're still alive. You want to talk about false hope for a team? I'm surrounded by them right now. Yankees up one nothing in the first. Um, when this podcast listen. is over and you're listening to it tomorrow, it'll be a 4-0 sweep. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, Carry on. It starts within. Yep. They have enough problems to fix in their own building. Maybe they do go out and get a Jerry Judy. Because Lord knows this team does not have any receivers who can consistently create separation and catch the ball. Man, they can't catch. No. And it's not just the receivers. And Aaron Rodgers said today, he was asked by Pete, you know, the Commanders rushed more than four guys on one of 47 defensive snaps. 
Pete asked Aaron, uh, what does that tell you? And Roger said, I think you know what it says. They didn't think they needed to. They thought they could get home with four and cover up on the back end. And guess what? They were right. Yeah, the Packers offense scored 14 points. That's not good. It's not good at all. Against this team, we knew they had a good pass rush. But their secondary is terrible. And the Packers receivers are non-existent, even when they do catch the ball. Amari Rodgers was the receiver that impressed me the most today. That should speak volumes. I don't think this game was on Rogers as uh, Aaron Rodgers as much as the last couple ones. But he still wasn't good. Bill, they went 0 for 6 on third down today. They had two two third downs where uh, illegal hands, illegal use of hands gave them a first down, but 0 for 6 on third down because the penalty penalties don't count as converting uh, third downs into first downs. The last time, according to Domovsky stats and info, the last time they failed to convert a third down in, in a game, week six of the 1999 season, Yankees up 2 nothing. Brett Favre went 7 of 23 for 120 yards against the Broncos with three interceptions that game. Matt LaFleur was a wide receiver at Western Michigan. Aaron Rodgers was a student at Pleasant Valley High School. Brutal. Yeah, it's, man. In, in you know, I believe coming into this game, I, I believe Green Bay's defense was number one in third down and Washington was number three. And Washington was almost at 50% against, against Green Bay's defense. And, of course, the Packers did nothing, like you said. They, they, it's like the only hope they have for getting anything done is if Bakhtiari something somehow comes back and can start every single game and be at that level. Um, because it, it's like they didn't trust anything, Matt. It was one, two, three, get the ball. Heck, it wasn't even one, two, three, get the ball. It was one, get the ball out. There was just no trust that this line's going to hold up. Um, you know, well, I guess what are you going to do? Zach Tom comes in and plays on on a moment's notice to start. But, whoo! I mean, everyone's dropping passes. Jones, Dylan, Dobbs, and you just so on down the line. Um, they ran the ball. How many times around about 12 times? They ran about 12 times, including three times in the second half. It's like the same old story. LaFleur says they're playing hard, and he likes the effort, and they didn't quit. Oh, yeah, they didn't run the ball, and the quarterback didn't play good. They ran the ball three times in the second half, Matt. What are they doing? Shocker that... Uh... The Packers seem to abandon the run. And this is the thing, Bill. You know, switching over to the defensive side. Yes, they struggle tackling. They struggle covering people. Two very important aspects of playing defense. Their $21 million a year cornerback who said, I want to follow Terry McLaurin, got burnt by Terry McLaurin when it mattered most. Got beat by him repeatedly when it mattered most. They can't set an edge in the run game. You know, they commit costly penalties. Yes, the one on Eric Stokes was questionable, but man, if that's not a microcosm for how his season's going, just nothing can go right for the guy. He's been really, really bad this year. Really bad. You, you mentioned the uh, McLaurin beating Alexander on the clinching first down. Was it second down, Matt? The clincher to McLaurin? Yeah. That's the pass Rodgers hasn't made all year, right? Kenny Clark is going to knock... Heineke into the middle of next week, and he did, and he stood in there and threw a perfect pass. He threw a perfect pass, and the receiver did everything right. He came back to the ball. Alexander's coverage was pretty good. McLaurin did exactly the right thing. He came back to the ball, kind of body positioned Alexander out of the way a bit and make the play. 
Rodgers hasn't thrown a ball like that all year, and they have no receiver capable of making a McLaurin-type play. Correct. So, I mean, man, if Tyler Heineke's beating you with plays that the MVP can't make, I'll just pack up your bags. The pack or to the, Jordan Love, right? Yes, listen, I, the Giants are 6-1, and one, the Jets are 5-2, and two, so maybe they're better than, than we thought at the time the Packers played them. But this one is is inexcusable. Commanders aren't a good team. They don't have their best defensive player in Chase Young. They have a backup quarterback. They have some competent playmakers. Packers couldn't generate a pass rush. They couldn't do anything. And my my favorite interesting little tidbit from the game. So with two minutes and six seconds left after they completed that play you just talked about to McLaurin to essentially seal the game. So my favorite little interesting tidbit, not favorite, but just something I found interesting was with two minutes and six seconds left after the commanders converted that play you were just talking about to all but seal the game. Um, the Packers front office, who sits right behind us in the press box at away games, got up and left, admitting defeat to one of the worst teams in the NFL. Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, John Eric Sullivan, John Wojciechowski, uh, Russ Ball, Ed Policy, and Milt Hendrickson. With two minutes and six seconds left, the Green Bay Packers front office, the people who have constructed this team, are no longer there in a game against the Washington Commanders. That's how far this team has fallen. No, now I'm not saying, oh, they shouldn't have left. Understandably so, they left. The game they thought was over. Granted, imagine if they weren't there when the Packers, if the Packers pulled off that miracle lateral, which they kind of almost did. Um, but it just speaks to how far they've fallen in such short time. They've had a playoff bye week in each of the last three seasons, and now they're blowing double-digit leads to arguably the biggest laughing stock in the NFL, a team whose fans chant sell the team, a team whose fans boo the owner's wife when she comes on the Jumbotron. Packers were the much bigger laughing stock here. You know, in, in past years, yeah, they had an uncharacteristic game like that, but they would lose to good teams. This is not a good team. This is not like the last two weeks. We don't need this week to know who the Packers are. They're not good. They're not a playoff team. They're not worthy of sniffing the playoffs. Maybe they turn it around, but I, uh, you know, I kind of agree with what you said last week. Can they turn it around? Is this salvageable? Technically, yes. Realistically, no. It's unbelievable. And for everyone who says has wanted the Packers to go all in, look, I'm I'm among them, right? You're right. You needed to shove all your chips in the table. For what could be Rogers' last trial? Well, this is what you get if it doesn't work out. They've, they've got nowhere to turn other than salary cap hell. They've, they've, they got nothing. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm literally blown away by it, Matt. I, I realize Devontae Adams is a big trade, but if you get rid of him, but you're able to keep Devondre Campbell, and you sign Jaron Reed, and you make some moves in the, in the draft, you feel like they would be pretty good, right? Yeah. You feel like drafting Quay Walker and signing Jaron Reed, the run defense would be better. We should play better run defense. You'd be able to rush the passer because you have more third and longs. So you can rush the passer and you get all these ball hawks in the secondary. So you're going to pick off players or pick off the quarterback. So you figure, but they're going to lose an offense. They might make up for on defense getting cheap scores. The run defense is worse, Matt. I looked it up before this game. So I'm not sure where they came in after this. But this was on pace to be, in terms of yards per carry, the second worst run defense in franchise history. Behind the 1956 group, which didn't have seven first rounders on it. Yeah, it's not good. Everything that Gutekunst has done is, is blown up and um, 
the offensive struggles, I understand. I guess I'm not surprised by them, but that, that they're so bad everywhere else is just mind-blowing. It throws into question, I think, everything about the team. Of Is Brian Gutekunds a good general manager? Is Matt LaFleur a good coach? I think it puts all these things into question. I think it does. And listen, we'll never be able to accurately, I guess, delegate responsibility. We can guess, mm-hmm. but... Matt LaFleur keeps getting up there and saying, the plays I'm calling aren't good enough. Brian Gutekunst has a couple recent third-round picks who are complete wastes in Josiah DeGuara and, and Amari Rodgers. They just gave a contract to Aaron Rodgers that right now, quite frankly, looks terrible. And, you know, in the scene I was just describing with uh, the front office leaving, Russ Ball, their executive vice president who's in charge of managing the cap, kind of stayed around for an extra minute, sat in the row by himself. And I just thought he's probably just taking an extra minute to soak in and not soak in, but consider, think about whatever term you want to use, man, I'm going to have to deal with an absolute disaster of a cap situation. Cause guess yep. what? If the Packers go quote unquote, all in that, well, they're already all in, but if they trade future draft picks for people at the deadline, and let's say Rodgers retires after this year, they're still stuck with a massive number. What do they do with Bakhtiari? What do they do with some other key players? You know, Rasul Douglas and Devondre, Devondre Campbell had a great pick six today, but in large part, the guys they gave big money contracts this offseason haven't lived up to it. Russ Ball's got a, a hell of a deal on his hands, and I'm going to write a story on that later this week about how this stretch is not only screwing the Packers in the short term, but potentially also the long term because they pushed all their chips in the middle right now. They were going to take the hurt in the near and far future in exchange for championships. Well, guess what? They're three and four. They're screwed. Yep. And I don't, I don't know where they go, Matt, other than, you know, listen, you know, Mercedes Lewis has just got to work your way out of it. As cliche as that sound, I mean, that's, that's all you can do, right? The Calvary's not coming through the door to fix these guys. Um, you got to call out the stupid penalties. They may God almighty, the number of holding penalties they've had the last couple of weeks is on Packers-like. And they were so grabby in the secondary. And everybody, look, I realized that Stokes, the call on Stokes was, eh. But they grab a lot. I think if you if you grab a lot, those are going to come back to bite you at times. Yep. So I know they, you know, I, I know Rasul's bitched about him a few times about some of the calls against the, against the secondary, but they grab a lot. They don't play any run defense. The pass rush, I think, is pretty good. But man, oh, man, it's Tyler Heineke, for God's sakes. I mean, listen, I wrote this in my story, but the defensive backs almost had as many drops as the wide receivers today and the running backs. And I think Tunyon even had one and he never drops passes. Like Rasul Douglas dropped two passes, including a potential pick six. Jair Alexander dropped an interception. I mean, maybe they play defensive back because they can't catch. But then again, the Packers wide receivers can't really catch all that well either. So you can't really tell the difference right now, which is uh, not great. All right, let's get to some questions from Anthony J. Machinsky. 
What was your genuine reaction to I'm not worried, this might be the best thing for us? This is a guess. I could be completely wrong. I don't think he believes that. He has to say that because he's in charge of controlling the message. And what kind of leader would he be if he got up there and said, I don't believe in us. I am worried seven games into the season. Aaron Rodgers is realistic about this team. He knows they stink. Are the playoffs You're right. Are the playoffs plausible? They're possible. Plausible? I don't know. So for him to get up there and staunchly say, I definitely think we can turn it around. This is the best thing for us. No, it's not the best thing for you, and you know that. Yeah, I mean, he's watching the film. He, he knows every time he goes back there that maybe somebody's going to get open, maybe not. Um, there were such high expectations for, well, maybe, maybe high expectations from our perspective, um, reasonable ones by Rodgers about Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, and Dobbs is backtracked in a hurry. Now that, that fourth and one drop that he had, that's Ooh. probably more than Sammy Watkins for not blocking anybody on that. But he hasn't done anything in a while, and Watson's perpetually hurt. So the two guys who they really needed to be kind of stepping into the forefront now, um, one is going the wrong way, one can't get in the field. So, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Rodgers does not believe that whatsoever. But he can't throw in the white flag at surrender publicly, right? He's got to say it like you said. Correct. All right, next. From Clay E., will the team sell? Not should they, but will they? And if so, who are the likely candidates? No, they won't, like we just said. Um, I don't mean this as a degrading thing, but Brian Gutekunst's ego is too big, like you said, to admit that this team is so screwed that they have to sell. He'll likely be in the mix for some guys. I don't know if he'll get them. They're always in the mix. Who knows if they actually get someone, but are they going to be willing to part with future draft picks to get a guy when they know that, you know, I'm not saying a rebuild is likely, but that eye to the future starts becoming more relevant as these games start stacking. So no, they have too much pride, whether it's reasonable or not to sell. Right. And I, if, if this is Rodgers last year, and you know, who knows, right? But I think you've got to milk it for every last bit. I don't think you can throw the towel in on the season until the standings say you can throw the towel in the season. So I think as long as there's a chance, right? I guess so. <laughs> that, that, that famous line, as long as there's a chance, I think you, you got to, you can't sell. I would say that maybe you're less apt to be aggressively go after somebody at this point. Maybe you get somebody that you like at your price right. rather than thinking, well, this price is a bit high, but we have to do it. So I might be a more reasonable, or I shouldn't say reasonable, it might be more of a cautious approach to buying. I don't think they'll sell. Next. Here's one from Adam Shine, Matt. Who do you blame most for the Yankees? Listen. Ooh, the team that's going to be in the World Series? Nestor Cortez strikes out Chaz McCormick. 2 nothing Yankees after one and a half. Get out of here. We're making the World Series. Next. Although Adam Shine, fellow Syracuse grad, shout out. Although Syracuse almost made the college football playoff. That's a whole nother topic. Um, from at Iowa, Seth. Man, if you root for Iowa football, I'm sorry, Seth. And the Packers, Jesus, it's, it must be a hard football season for you. 
All right. I'm choosing optimism, he says. Do I have a leg to stand on? An Agberry is a decent third edge. Walker looked good in pass rush. I like Yash at RT and Tom and Elton held down the left side. If the D does focus and tackling and tackling drills and Lafleur and Rogers get on the same page, is there hope? Man, that's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I was only six numbers away from running the Powerball. I don't know if there's that much to be optimistic over. Listen, an Agberry is a decent third edge, yes, but what's concerning is their best edge rusher can't set literally the first word of his position, edge. He can't set an edge in the run game. Quay Walker misses too many tackles. Yash committed two penalties at right tackle. Zach Tom, like, we can't really judge the offensive line because they didn't really have to do much today, in the passing game at least. Because like you said, Rodgers got rid of that thing like a hot potato. Tackling drills, they don't do those. You're not going to get realistic reps on that in practice. They stink at tackling this year. If LeFleur and Rodgers get on the same page, I don't know if they are. Listen, you guys tell us on TV. I see all these body language questions. Uh, We're watching the game in person, so we don't see like the replay all the time or watch the game in real time and see what his body language is. I saw him a couple times kind of throwing up his hands at the sideline. That's just who, he, who he's been. That's not going to change, especially when things are going like this. Yeah. But other than that, everything's uh, butterflies and rainbows. That's so. right. Yeah. I think the only hope is if Bakhtiari suddenly, which is, look, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, he was, it looks like he for sure he was going to play on Friday and then doesn't play today. But if, if he, if he can finally, suddenly, feel good for the rest of the season. Maybe, maybe they can open up the offense some, but man, oh man, that's to me, that's the only hope is David Bakhtiari. And if David Bakhtiari is your only help, it doesn't look good. Um, speaking of David Bakhtiari, man, here's one from Ant 707 GB. Um, this seems like a good jumping in point on the O-line. Why Yash at right tackle instead of left tackle? If I'm not mistaken, Zach Tom played right tackle in the preseason. That's true, Ant. It's because that's what they erupted all week. They had... Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jenkins left guard, Myers center, um, Runyon right guard, and Yash or in Elton at right tackle. That's what they practice all week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're better off just ch- swapping in one guy rather than blowing up the entire game plan. Um, so there's that. Matt, how do you think that? How do you think they did? I know you kind of said they didn't have to do much, but um, I, I guess big picture, what do you think of that old line with Bakhtiari in it? With Bakhtiari in it? Yes, Bakhtiari with the other four they ran out there today. I think it's fine. <laughs> to be honest with you, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Jenkins, that should be fine. They didn't put a lot on Zach Tom's plate. Now, is this recurring knee injury to Bakhtiari? Is this just a one-game thing? Is this going to keep him out longer? That will be important. Rogers spoke to the importance of Bakhtiari's inclusion in the lineup today, and, and he's right about that. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa's even getting doubles. The Astros are just letting us win this one. That's fine. Um, listen, I think that's a good offensive line, the one I just said. We'll see once they start getting tested more if this group, if they have to keep going, will hold up. Um, but, man, that, that Bakhtiari recurring injury has to be nerve-wracking. For Packers fans, the Packers themselves, because he plays four games, played 69 offensive snaps last week, got through the practice week until he didn't. And 
you remember on Friday, we were there like, Bakhtiari's not stretching and warming up with the team. Then he went outside with the team. And he's added to the injury report as questionable. Something's fishy there, and it's not not anything good. And and Ryan Wood, uh, who covers the team for the Green Bay Press-Gazette, tweeted out a fascinating quote from Zach Tom. Here's Ryan's tweet. Packers rookie Zach Tom said he learned about his first career start at left tackle when he got to the stadium this morning. That doesn't mean he went to bed Saturday with no clue he might play. You can... You can just see it, Tom said. The way Bakhtiari looks in practice sometimes, you've always got to be ready. Jesus. The way he looks in practice sometimes. That's that's not good. Someone's A, someone's going to have a talk with Zach Tom about saying that. Bakhtiari might stuff him in a locker. But B, man, if he just looks hurt in practice sometimes, that's sad, Bill. It is. He's one of the greatest ever. I mean, literally, I mean, that's not, not even hyperbole. He's one of the greatest ever. And there's, I mean, just like, there's no way he's going to be back next year. You can put Yash back in at left tackle next year. Right? That's by the way to go. But man, oh, man. Right when he, he seriously, I mean, he, he's played four games in a row. He practiced every single day the last two weeks. Right when you think they're maybe getting around the corner here, which is why they made all these line switches to begin with, probably. They felt reasonably good about him playing every game. There it goes again. I just... Where it's going to be, I think, you know, maybe if he gets a whole offseason to rest it, maybe, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. Next. From at Goody Goat. Oh, maybe not after today. Why does the offense seem to run strictly shotgun? Seems like a vast departure from past MLS, MLF seasons. Bill, the one shotgun play that boggled my mind is that fourth and one to Dobbs. Not only do you run out of shotgun, you don't run A.J. Dillon on fourth and one and instead throw the out to Dobbs that he drops. We t- it, Jason Wilde asked uh, LaFleur the other day about running so much shotgun, and he explained how against the Jets, you know, they were leaving the field open and their shotgun runs have been a lot better, he says lately. But, man, isn't a way to, to – Keep an opposing pass rush off your ass. Like Mark Tauscher said on Twitter today, to to run out of plays under center, run the ball, play action, out of shotgun, that pass rush can just pin their ears back and go. Yeah, I know LaFleur said last week that their shotgun running game had improved a lot, which is why they've been doing it. Um, you know, I... You know, whatever. Just hand the ball off the once in a while, right? I mean, they like I said, they ran the ball 12 times. They're, they're fourth and one. That play works if Watkins blocks somebody. Instead, Watkins goes off for a route. And it's a receiver screen, so the guy who's on Watkins has a free run at Dobbs, and, and that's that. But it is it's just mystifying. Why they, they took all training camp and all preseason and all the start of the season. 33 and 28 are our best 11 players. They got to get them the ball. I mean, we heard it again and again and again. And they are among our best players. But today, Dylan had three touches and Jones had, or Dylan had three runs. Jones actually had like 17 touches if you count the catches. So he, he was involved at least. But I just don't understand for the life of me why they don't run the ball. I, and again, we'll never know if that's if that's a Lafleur thing, if it's a Rodgers thing, or, or what it is. But man, oh man, how many third and one slash fourth and ones is Dylan back there and he doesn't get the ball? He's 250 pounds for God's sakes. Yeah, he hasn't been very good this year at uh, getting yards after contact, but still, I trust him to get one yard. Yes, it's one yard. 
you got to be able to trust your line to get a yard. Heck, you got to trust your line to get zero, and you're running it back to get the one, right? It's not a big ask. Yep. Here's a going from Brian M., Avid Indoors, Minnesota. Is the season over? This is the other one. When do we start rooting for a top-tier draft pick? I half-jokingly said to Rob Domovsky on our way down to the press box today, you know, let's say they go four, let's say they go five and 12, and they beat the Bears and the Lions, even six and 10. And they're in position to draft one of the three, four best quarterbacks in the draft. If Rodgers wants to come back, do they trade him and draft a quarterback early in the first round? Whew. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be gone in the first two picks. The yeah, Packers maybe. won't get those. What do you get for him with this? I mean, A, you have to deal with the cap disaster. But if you can deal with the cap disaster and get another pick, or, or you know, like, not another pick, but another good pick. Boy, they could have traded him this offseason, Matt. Right? But I don't blame him for not doing it. Yeah. Let's get one more question in. You got a good one that you want? Since we're talking about quarterbacks, is a hurt Aaron Rodgers better than a healthy Jordan Love? Yes. That's from D-A-D or Dad Dave 34. I can I can read. All these all these people calling for Jordan Love. I'll say this. Be careful what you wish for. That's all I'll say. Yeah, you're probably right, but actually, no, you're not probably. You I mean you are right, but if you had Love back there, would they actually run the ball and maximize the strengths of their team? That I wonder. We'll see. They'll never do it. They'll never give Aaron Rodgers a, a phantom IR stint. He wouldn't do that. But uh, you have to wonder. Do I think Jordan Love would be better? No. No. I don't. Uh, but it's an interesting hypothetical, one that will continue to be a hypothetical because he will not start. Anyway, uh, next week, Buffalo. Actually, Orchard Park, New York, not Buffalo. Packers-Bills, Sunday night football. Will the Packers pull off a miracle and get back to 500? Will they keep it competitive, show some fight, and lose? Or will they get absolutely blown out and show no fight? We'll see. Could be one of the three. Until then... He's Bill. I'm Matt. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, as always, for listening.